Well, welcome back to the Golden Generation, one of the last early mornings that we're going to have to have. So we are thrilled, but um, it is sad as the World Cup starting to come to a close. Another semi-final this morning, and the final two teams are set. It's going to be France and Argentina. We'll get into all of that a little bit later. First, I'll welcome in the guests. Firstly, regular panellists, Tom Williams. How are you this morning, Tom, and how did you find the game? Very well, Gerald. It was um, an interesting game. My prediction of 1-0 almost came into fruition, but... France, as as expected, just too good in the end for Morocco. Yeah, and the star man of the show today, really, um, is our special guest, comedian, <laughs> Danny McGinley. Thank you for joining us, Danny. And, uh, and uh, yeah, how are you going? Oh, mate, I'm definitely awake. This is uh, very exciting. No, it's a great day for Australia. It is. I mean, th- let's, look at, let's look at the facts, boys. Uh, the only two teams to defeat the Socceroos at this World Cup, Argentina... France. Therefore, vis-a-vis, ipso facto, we are the third best country on the planet. And you know what? Like, we'll absolutely <laughs> take that. We've got robbed a little bit against Argentina, and, and but yeah, I no, want our no bronze medal. Bad. That's that's all I'm saying. I want our bronze medal. <laughs> <laughs> we deserve um, it. We deserve. We, I think we should play probably. Uh, who, who, so we'll play Morocco and Croatia in a sort of three-way. I don't know if you've seen yeah. that on ESPN eight. They do freeway <laughs> soccer. It's a it's a great game. I think I think it's a it, and play it. Obviously, it has to be played in Sydney because that is the rule of all the <laughs> football events in Australia. But so at the SCG, you need an oval for it. So yeah, I'd go up for it definitely. <laughs> well, I, I would only go on the conditions that it wasn't just the one game. It was a week long football festival. But I'm sure that wouldn't be too, <laughs> too organised. So yeah. <laughs> and every will this be replicated on E League? <laughs> Oh, now we're talking. But yeah, yeah. But so one of the events is at uh, Westfield Parramatta, and then another one an hour later is in Manly, and uh, there's only one tr- one train, and it's actually a bus replaced train. So <laughs> we wouldn't want it any other way, to be honest. That's 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 what we know as football fans in this country. Um, but we'll get into the specifics of the match. Both of you guys have told me you've watched it, but uh, we're about to find out based on your analysis. Tom, we'll start with you. What did you think of the game? And, and um, Morocco, they came a long way, put up a good fight tonight. What, what did you think? Yeah, they did. And look, as I've said previously, like so many of these games are dictated by the state of the game and how you react to the changing state of the game. So when France score early on, I think it severely hinders Morocco's chances of getting anything out of the game because at that point, Morocco have to come out um, firing, pushing the the wingbacks today forward um, and actually looking to attack quite a lot, which isn't the state that they've been used to during this World Cup because they've never actually conceded the first goal. So um, it was a completely foreign situation for Morocco and I thought they did really well considering. Like They had a lot more of the ball than they had in previous games, although France were fairly comfortable sitting back and trying to transition. But, um, yeah, look... A lot of play- you can only give credit to Morocco. They fought right until the end. They created a few chances at the end of the game. I thought Amrabat and Anahi were unbelievable in midfield, um, as has been the case throughout the tournament. But at the end of the day, like it's just individual brilliance from France. It's like when you have players of that quality, it's like watching Real Madrid. You don't need to do anything tactically amazing or steamroll the opposition. At the end of the day, if you just let Griezmann and Mbappe just just do what they can do, then more often than not, you'll win games like that. 
Yeah, and um, I guess, yeah, so such a noble tournament from Morocco. They came so far, but this was the first time they were going to be really, really pushed. And um, I think we've seen the last couple of nights, like what world-class opposition can do there. You know, fairy tales can only go so far. Danny, what about you? How did you find the match? Uh, yeah, well, I, 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 you've got a comedian on, so I don't know why, <laughs> what sort of analysis you're expecting. But uh, I'll give you my takeaway from it. I don't watch that much of the French Ligue 1. Uh, so I didn't, and I've, I've only watched PSG in the Champions League. I never realised how much of a wee dick Mbappe is. What a driving flood. <laughs> he was shocking. And the reason I never notice it is because he's next to Neymar, who is, you know, the king of the little dicks. And so I just never realised how much diving he did, but he did so much there. Just see when he was writhing around on the ground because he broke his shoelace. I mean, you know, even as a football fan, dude, you're taking the piss. And I, you know, I get that diving is, is part of the game. And we, as, as Australians, we, you know, we wish it wasn't. And you can accept some of it. But when you've got a player of that talent, like Neymar, Mbappe, dude, what are you diving for? You can wipe the floor with these kids and we'll respect you so much more for it. And, oh, it was shocking. So that was my main takeaway. And it's made me actually go for Argentina this uh, Sunday, Monday morning. Yeah, well, that, that's fair enough. It's, it's very off-putting, and he is probably one of the biggest culprits going around at the moment. Um, but uh, I'm on the Argentina bandwagon as well myself. One thing I wanted to point out, I think, is the butterfly effect of Matthew Leckie skinning Lucas Hernandez and breaking <laughs> his knee a couple of weeks ago to Theo Hernandez now putting in an absolute shift for the last couple of weeks and scoring the goal today for France and um, yeah, maybe getting them on their way to another World Cup win. They've got us to thank them um, for that, and I think they should be eternally grateful to to Matthew Leckie. Um, so you're saying, as but, well as our bronze medal, we probably deserve a winner's medal? <laughs> well, I didn't say that you know, specifically. But... I'll say it. Australia deserves <laughs> to lift this cup for all we have done. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. Um, uh, but... Uh, Moving on now, we're, it's, it's like I said, it's going to be a bit of a shorter episode because we've got the, the one and a half matches to talk about, really. Um, and I don't know if the third place match warrants a, a discussion. Um, Australia have already got, got the third place, place anyway. So <laughs> why, why, why would this match even be necessary, to be honest? I've never watched um, a third place match in all my so, years of watching yeah. World Cup. <laughs> yeah. It just seems so patronising. Yeah. Can you imagine if they did it here in the A League, or even I'd, I'd, I'm sorry to bring up other sports, but can you imagine if the you know in, if the AFL did it, you know, just the two teams that lost the prelim? Would anyone go? It would just be. It would, I'd only. You should, do you know how they should play the third third place one? It should be like Mad Monday. The players have to be drunk and they have to scull a beer every about every twenty minutes. I'd come to watch that. Oh, yeah. I'd, l- I'd love to see the Moroccans do that. <laughs> well, yeah, they have to, like, I don't know, do a hookah. Uh, some sort of, I'm talking about the smoking thing, by the way. I'm keeping it family friendly. But for every, and if for every goal you concede, you, uh, the entire team has to remove an article of clothing. <laughs> I don't know how any of that would go in Qatar, but it's, it's a radical idea. And oh, we told you we're playing at the SCG. God, pay attention. <laughs> All still, World yeah, Cup third the place playoff matches from now on. Best yes. football in Australia. For the next three years. 
<laughs> Still the best idea we've come up with for a football tournament in Sydney this week as Australians. But um, <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the final Monday, 2 a.m. First of all, what's everyone's plans? Danny, where will you be Monday, 2 a.m. for the big game? Yeah, I genuinely don't know. Uh, what have I? I've I've just turned down a, a a gig Monday night, so I'm already clearly my brain's going. Yeah, maybe I'm a chance. I've got my mate just got engaged, and I he's wanting to have some beers Sunday night at the pub. So whether I kick on till four, it's a bit hard when you're forty years old as I am now, mm. or I sleep on the couch for a bit, set the alarm. I don't know. What what you guys tell me what you're doing? If anyone's doing something fun, I'll I can easily be swayed. Tom? Oh, I reckon I reckon it's a wake up job these days. Like to be fair, I, I always used to stay up for the two AM prem kickoffs, but my body clock is so cooked at the moment that I've been going to sleep so early for these six AMs that I'm like, may as well just go to bed earlier and get up and then go back to sleep after the game, I reckon. Yeah, yeah fair enough. I, I yeah, I don't know what I'll be doing. Um, I might miss the whole thing completely, to be honest. I'll do my best, but 2am is the most awkward. To- like, I don't like 6 o'clock because you can wake up early and stuff, but 2am, yeah. like, I'll stay up and then by 3 o'clock, I'll just be dead tired. But um, Yeah, you don't know what to... What do you drink at 2am? Because, like, coffee is okay, but so is whiskey. So I don't know... <laughs> it's it's a real, like, maybe the, the espresso martini is the answer, but... A Red Bull. Oh, not at my age. I, might, I can see you boys in your twenties with your metabolisms. Yeah, you could get away with that. But have you ever seen someone? Have you ever seen a middle-aged guy drink a Red Bull? It's so tragic. No, I actually haven't. I think I'm rather do meth at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, Red Bull is dangerous. It must be said. Yeah, I'm not. I, don't, I think. Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, this is. This is very. This is a hard decision. I think it's a it's a conversation that'll be had all weekend amongst the football fans of Australia. There'll be two topics: one, do we wake up or stay up? Two, how bad is the A League's decision to move the grand final? <laughs> That's it. And uh, we touched on that heavily last night in a in a special episode of the of the Golden Generation. But Danny, just quickly, what is your thoughts on it? Um, without diving into too much analysis as a comedian, what's your thoughts? It's the dumbest decision the A-League has ever made. And that is actually, and I don't say that lightly. That is, you know, this is a, what, 17-year-old league with a history of absolutely insane decisions. This is right up there. The only way they can top this is is if they say, we're coming up with a new idea. During extra time, we have multi-ball. That's the only (laughs) way we can top this at this point. Um, It's, look, and also as an Aussie Rules fan, most Victorians are staying tactfully quiet on this one, considering the uh, unfairness of the of the AFL Grand Final, always being at the MCG, but man, it's just it's just stupid. I what I would I would actually be okay with it if if they want to make it a, an event that everyone can uh, that everyone can go to. Make it like the Champions League final, the Super Bowl. Announce this year's Grand Final is going to be in Sydney. Next year's Grand Final is going to be in Brisbane. The year after that's going to be in Adelaide, so people can get ready. But to have it always in Sydney is just justifying all of our conspiracy theories that the FFA is just a New South Wales uh, boondoggle. I think I used that word correctly, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never heard that word before, so I don't know what to compare it against. But Let's yeah, I think I used it wrong. You could have told me it was right and I wouldn't have known. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's obviously a crazy thing. And the, and the, the funniest thing to me is that everyone's ideas of what we could have done instead have been better 
to have a football festival there, like a magic round, like what the NRL and the AFL is doing, so much better. People would actually go. The idea of maybe putting it in a different city every year is a good one as well. But it's so, yeah, we're, it's, it's just, we could talk about it for hours and hours and we'll still never understand the decision that they've made. But we must now get into the World Cup final discussions. France and Argentina. Tom, who's your tip and who do you want to win and how do you think this one will play out? Argentina. Um, I think we'll win and I hope win because look, like, like we were saying before, like we, we lost to the Argentina in the round of 16. And to be honest, like apart from that Netherlands game where um, even up until like the 80th minute, Netherlands were pretty tragic. Like I don't think any teams actually got in as close to beating Argentina as we did funny enough um, since Saudi Arabia obviously beat them. But um which is so funny, by the way. <laughs> like, literally, they've been smashing everyone, make it to the final, but they lost to Saudi Arabia in the first game, which is quickly forgotten. <laughs> um, but I think um, I think they'll get up. I think Messi will have one of the best games of his absolute career. I think like you can just see the the fire in his eyes as he, as he takes the pitch in every game. Um, it's it's honestly like going to be one of the biggest games in football history I think because you've got two massive powerhouses going against each other and as much as people were like saying oh yeah like we want Morocco for like the fairy tale story like nah fuck that like we want France the Argentina in the final so it's like two massive teams going at it and then like Messi's gonna have to like work so hard to try and get what he's always wanted I think it's gonna be an insane game but I'm, I'm all it feels like the script is already written and we're just watching this movie play out and we're going to see Messi do it. Well, yeah, it's a very Nick Stav take from you there about the, the, the fairy tale. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tend to agree that I'd prefer to see Argentina win. And this is the, the probably the biggest two nations we've seen in the World Cup. Oh, I, I don't know, maybe Germany's bigger than France, but probably not. So it, it, it's going to be huge. Danny, um, whether you end up watching this at the pub or or in the Pokemon room, um, who will you be backing in this one? <laughs> um, I think Argentina will win uh, for the simple reason that uh, you say it feels like we're just watching this movie. Yeah, because it's rigged. It is. This has been. They, they have wanted France v Argentina from day dot. They have, and that's why Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia. They needed someone to come second because if they both topped their groups. They were on the same side of the draw that they would have met in the quarters or the semis. Um, I th- I can tell you now that Argentina will win because Messi has done, he's played the game correctly. And by, I don't mean on the field, I mean off the field. He has done exactly what FIFA want, exactly what Qatar want. And he had turned his back on Barcelona to go and play for Paris Saint-Germain, owned by the Qatari government. He he's not he's done he's sacrificed his club so his country could finally win a World Cup. It is absolutely going to happen. And I know I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but that's mostly because I'm friends with Ed Cavalli and he has been convincing me of this for the past four months. And all of his prophecies have come true. He predicted Australia would get out of the group. He predicted that it would be a France-Argentina final. He's like, if, if, I'm at the point where if Ed Cavalli told me to, to stop taking the vaccine, I would probably stop <laughs> with all due respect we probably should have asked him to come on the podcast instead, oh definitely but, um... yeah man he's great yeah <laughs> um could have earned yeah, us no. a few money on the punt 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be the only ones. I reckon I would be very surprised if uh, if the Qatari government, you know, with with their their organising of this, let's you know, ultimately the FIFA WWE tournament, uh, have probably had a few bets on the black market. So yeah, it's, if there's dodginess, FIFA will find a way to achieve it. <laughs> Absolutely right, and um. There it is. Argentina gets the clean sweep on this podcast. Um, what do you reckon, Gerald? That's that's the opinion everyone's everyone's waiting for. The well, opinion of the host. A bit of a fourth wall break there, Tom. But yeah, I, I'm I'm on Argentina's side as well. I think that they will do it. They've had their tests throughout. Um, you know, when the likes of Garan Quall and Mitchell Duke put it to them a couple of weeks ago, and they've passed that. So I think if you can, you know, you get past that, you can pretty much do anything. I think. Um, that in all seriousness, it'll be a close one. I could see it going to pens, to be honest, which I would be a fan of. Um, but I think Argentina would just get it done. I mean, the, the stakes are just so much higher for them, I feel like. Like, France have just won a World Cup. And obviously, like, you could never get sick of winning a World Cup. But I just feel like like this is all about Messi and, and his last chance to do it. Um, I think everyone in the football world backing him to do it, other than French people probably, and maybe other than Ronaldo fans, which, to be fair, is... Probably going to make up a lot of the crowd with the, you know, the the Saudi fans and that sort of thing going to the games. But a lot of them back Messi as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. My tip would be for, uh, Argentina to win on pens after a one-all. Um, but that's it. That's it. Really. What I will say though is, um, it's it's funny because I like I went on French Exchange in like 2018 and I still talk to the uh, the family that I um I, I stayed with. And they're, they're like massive football fans, right? And this guy's a Marseille fan, um, the dad. Um, and like Marseille fans are just, they're, they're absolutely crazy bunch, like absolutely different breed, a bit like people from Adelaide. <laughs> um, they're, they're, and they're, they're pretty crazy about their, their football. And um, before the World Cup, France were doing like pretty bad in the Nations League and in a lot of the games. And this guy was telling me like, France are going to be so bad. Like they're, they're so bad that even two Marseille players made the squad. And now I'm just seeing on Facebook every single day is just like, allez les bleus, allez les bleus, allez les bleus. Like we're going to win the World Cup. So it's funny how these people's tunes change after they see a few results go their way. Um, but I do think that it will be a step too far to go and win it a second time in a row. You get the vibe that if France... Uh, win this, they will continue their dynasty, whereas Argentina will win this and then piss off for a couple of decades. Yeah. So that's why we kind of want Argentina to win, just to just to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I guess the the fairy tale of it is just going to be so good. I, I don't know if I would have preferred to see Ronaldo or Messi win it. Would have been great to see them go head to head, but I think this is still going to be a great ending. We've pretty much got the two best teams at the tournament here going at it. So, um, going to be unbelievable uh in terms of this podcast we might be back for saturday to preview the game again i don't know what's going on at the moment with the schedule but i think we've we're under the boss's it. orders we're under the boss's <laughs> orders the head of kick 360 podcast wants it a certain way and that's the way we'll do it but um yeah it's we, it's been a lot of fun i don't know if i'll be on that final episode so thank you guys for tuning into all of these painstakingly daily episodes we've we've worked hard but it's been very fun um and tom as well thank you for coming on danny thank you for jumping thank on you. being a pleasure to have you on lighten up the podcast this morning um and uh, all right yeah. it's a pleasure and your fa- your viewers can re- reward me by coming to my comedy festival shows 
Yeah, it's that time of year. We start plugging it now. Uh, Melbourne Comedy <laughs> Festival, Sydney Comedy Festival, Perth Comedy Festival. My show is called Hard Nut. And it's uh, a true horror story about a vasectomy gone wrong. <laughs> that sounds unreal. Um, I, I think I'll, I'm buying I'll my tickets now. Please, <laughs> thank you. That's awesome. Good on you, lad. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for coming on. All the best with that one as well. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.